Our service today is a sort that we have once every three months. We call it Companions for the Journey Member Reflections. We ask members of our congregation that have been members for various amounts of time to come and share with you how, briefly, how, how they came to be here and why they stay, what this church is about for them. Today, our speakers are Ron Thurston, Sarah Boswell, and Bennett Upton. Ron is one of the oldest term, longest-term members that we have, um, still with, with the church. Sarah has been here for a good long time, but not as long as Ron. And Bennett is one of our very newest members. And um, we invite them to come share with you now. Ron. I appreciate this opportunity to um, bear a bit of my soul with you in my, uh, my past. Uh, <clears throat> what brought me here? A move from Midland, Texas in June of 78 with my wife and son and young, oh, excuse me, with my wife and young son, John, who was six months old at the time. Uh, in Midland, we belong to a UU fellowship, which is a church without a call minister. And uh, we had heard about Shreveport as we progressed to move. And everybody said, check out the church. So we checked out the church. And uh, it is, it's the A-frame on Shreveport-Barksdale Highway, for those who don't know where we really started. Uh, it's, been, it's gone through a progression of things. <laughs> I'm not exactly sure what it is right now, but uh, uh, it's, uh, it was a good place to start. And we found, when we came through the doors that first Sunday, uh, a great congregation. Uh, we had a lot of people, lots of families, um, people of close to our age with kids, which was good. And uh, Burton Carley was the minister of the church at that time. And so we, uh, we bonded. He's also a West Texan, so we had a link there. And... Uh, so we, we got real active uh, real quick. Uh, my daughter Molly was born a year and a half later, uh, October 79. Both kids went through all the way through the RE program here and uh, have done very well. Uh, so I started getting involved in RE, and that's where I began my commitment to the church. Why have I stayed? This church has supported me through all the cycles of my life, through good times and bad, allowing me time away when I needed to work on myself, and all the responsibility that I could hope for when I was ready, sometimes more than I anticipated. But <clears throat> I most appreciate the, uh, the opportunities that the church has given me in positions on the board and on the council and short-term uh, project committees when my life got a little bumpy, the church kept me busy working with like-minded friends, and that was very healing to me. That kept my morale up, kept me focused, and got me through some tense times. 
Working through these jobs, elbow to elbow with my fellow members, truly built strong bonds. And indeed, All Souls is truly my spiritual family and my support. I've stayed because I believe I've received more than I've given. And I fully brought into, I fully bought into our principles and purposes that link us all together. I've been inspired by courageous members accepting demanding jobs and doing them with passion and commitment. Watching my fellow members step up and tackle difficult jobs inspired me to take more risk and grow. Of the positions I've held at All Souls, I think my best fit has been membership chairman. I've truly, I've truly grown to love the job, and I've learned so much about the movement and the importance of membership growth to the health and future of this church. Now, I, I would love to entertain anybody that might be interested in taking my place at some point. You know, I'm not, I'm not retiring next Sunday or anything like that, but uh, uh, I would ha happily take somebody under my wing and teach them the, what I know. Just, just a food seed for thought there, okay? My spiritual focus has become directed toward an active life of service with the church and the wider community, uh, primarily through um, interfaith. <laughs> Memory blank there. Uh, quoting William Ellery Channing, uh, it doesn't matter so much what you believe. It's how you live your life that counts. And a line right in our unison affirmation that we say every Sunday, service is our prayer. That's what I'm all about. I've stayed and I will continue to be actively involved because this church has provided the means and support for my spiritual growth. And I will do my best to pass on to others the wonderful gifts that I have been blessed with. Thank you. Ron was one of the first people to welcome us to the church about 22 years ago. <laughs> um, my name is Sarah Boswell, and I've been a member of All Souls for about 22 years, but I think I've been a Unitarian Universalist since I was about six years old. My father was a Unitarian, I mean, my father was an associate pastor at the Congregational Church. And when I was five years old, we went to Turkey, where my parents served as missionaries. And I went to a Turkish school with the neighborhood kids, and the landlord's family downstairs became like family to me. And Vejdi and Ferdi were the same ages as me and my sister, so we played together every day, and, went, and I went to school with Ferdi. And Mediha, the landlord's wife downstairs, became like a second mother to me. And so these are some of the lessons that I've learned through my life that helped me become a Unitarian. When I was six, I asked my mother, why do we have a Christmas tree but Vejdi and Ferdi don't? And she said, there were many prophets in the world, and prophets are very special teachers. 
And Vejdi and Ferdi's family follow the teachings of Muhammad. And our family follow the teachings of Jesus. And both men were very special teachers. Now, how simple is that? I'm a kid, and her answer allowed me to still to, to play with my friends every day, and we both had complete respect for one another's faiths. And sometimes I spent time downstairs with Mediha, watching her iron or cook, and she always stopped to say her prayers. It was such a quiet, smooth, meditative, comforting ritual. And she was kind and loving, and I knew we loved one another like mother and daughter. And I knew that if there was a heaven, she would be there, and my mother would be there, and I would be there. So my concept of heaven had to include a devout Muslim as well as Christians, and therefore every other human being on earth. Um, So by the time I was eight and we returned to the United States, um, I knew that America was not the center of the universe, and I knew that Christianity was not the only way to connect to God. Um, I had a hard time finding a church where the minister understood that. Um, we, we returned to the, the Congregational Church, which joined with the, Unit, um, with the uh, UCC, the United Church of Christ, and that's about the next closest thing to Unitarian, and um, I was very comfortable there. Um, we did a lot of social action and spent a lot of time in nature in the Sierras and at Yosemite because we lived in California. But when I moved to the Midwest, there were no congregational churches. <laughs> and it wasn't until I moved to Shreveport that someone finally made sense out of Christianity for me. We started going to um, Alternate View Network downtown where Dr. D.L. Dykes was giving sermons. And there were three things that he said that really made an impression on me. He said, I don't know if there's a heaven or a hell, but I've had a few minutes on earth that have been pure hell. He said, and I think it's, I think heaven is right here, right now with every person I meet. And that kind of became a mantra for me. I don't practice it real well, but I keep trying to remember it. Um, and, he's, and, and the whole the sin and salvation and dying for your sins things never made sense to me. Um, but he said, I don't know about Jesus dying for my sins, but I do think that Jesus believed so strongly in what he taught that he was willing to die for it. Now that made sense to me. Um, and he said, the, the Bible isn't literally true, but there are many truths in it. And his sermons would usually be finding the truths in it. And I could see how that related. In, you could find those in lots of religions. And then I learned to listen to the universe. I had a friend who was going through a divorce And it was a very difficult time for her. And she was really at loose ends. 
And I watched her as she just, some days, minute by minute, just offered herself to the universe and said, what next? What now? This way or this way? And I saw it work for her over a period of a couple of years. And so I started trying it. I had always trusted the universe, but I hadn't really listened real closely. And I just found that the more I stilled myself and listened, my day just went better. Um, So I've kind of grown in that over the years, um, trusting and listening and following the guidance that I get. That's the best I can put it. And about 12 years ago, I took an Enneagram workshop which led to finding a spiritual director, which led to finding to participating in a women's spirituality group that had been meeting for about 30 years already. And along the way, that, I, I, that included workshops and reading books and in that group of, um, on dreams and Jungian psychology and mythology and chakras and energy healing and religion and spiritual wholeness. Um, and... I've come to see the universe as made up of energy and that the energy from what what we think, what we feel, what we say, and what we do kind of ripples out and ripples back, and it manifests our experience of life. I think even you know our thoughts, our prayers, our meditations, it, it, it's energy that goes out, and it has an effect on things. So it matters what we think. It matters what we say and what we do. And I'm really thankful to have this church. It embraces everything that I believe, everything I've learned through my experiences in my life, And it honors what you believe and what you don't believe. All of it. Kind of like those trees out there, I feel firmly rooted in my Unitarian Universalist principles. And when when you're grounded in in those principles, then you can kind of like the branches of the tree kind of go out and explore all the religions, any spirituality, and glean from it what makes sense to you, what fits for you. And I don't know, you just feel like you're thriving, like those trees out there. I just, anyway, um, this is just the right place for me, for that. (laughs) Um, Anyway, I'm really thankful to be here. And I especially encourage you to um, teach Sunday school because the kids here are so awesome. I I just finished teaching the second through fifth grade, and I love those kids. And and the work days, the work days are a great way. I I met Kathy Osuch that 20 years ago, pulling weeds out front and found out that 
you know, she spent a year in college at the same college where my dad taught for one year back in California. I mean, you make connections um, and you build relationship. And uh, anyway, I love this place. excuse because I kind of found out about this a little bit last minute so um, if I blow it today it's not my fault (laughs) Um, I've been coming here now for about a month and a half or I've been a member now for about a month and a half or so but uh, I've actually been coming here for almost a a year now Um, I guess my spiritual journey and how I how I came to be here is uh, uh, it started when I was little of course I think like it did with everyone Uh, you know when I was like seven or eight years old I was in the Episcopal Church my dad always took me there and he, uh, well, and I, I really never felt comfortable with, like, the preacher. He kept on talking about how he was speaking to God and God was speaking to him. And, well, God never spoke to me. And I really never felt that deep connection that the, that the preacher seemed to, to really feel on a, on a daily basis. And I never had that conversation with God that, that apparently I was supposed to have. And I was a little nervous about that. And, uh... Well, over the years, you know, I, I ended up turning into a uh, tw- agnostic and kind of disregarding faith, and, and um, that didn't help me at all in, in school. I, I really didn't do too well in school. My teenage years were, were, were bad. It was just one bad decision after another, you know. I think when you don't have any good decisions to make, then you start to make really bad decisions, and uh, <laughs> I, I, made a, I made a ton of them, and I had a few scrapes with the uh, juvenile justice system, and... Uh, you know, uh, the the mental health system as well. I found out that they can actually lock you up for a long time, two years, um, (laughs) if they don't like you, if you're you're crazy. Uh, Apparently, I'm I'm crazy. Uh, And so, you know, I was, I was, I was in the middle of some of that, and somebody that I was there, that I was there with said, uh, you know, it's real easy to, to, to kind of gain your freedom um, if, uh, if you're an alcoholic. And, I, I had some stories to tell. I mean, I certainly had some stories to tell, and uh, I still do. But, uh, you know, I, I realized the, the truth of that is I, is I saw people just kind of going their own way that were, they were alcoholics. And uh, so I, I said, you know, really the reason why I did all that crazy stuff was because uh, I'm an alcoholic. And, um, and so they, they put me into a program, and, you know, they, they, uh, they know how to deal with alcoholics. They don't know how to deal with crazy kids that just cannot conform and cannot do what they're supposed to do. But if you're an alcoholic, they know exactly what to do with you. They put you in meetings, they, they, which is easy. They, you know, you go to a halfway house, which nice places. Um, and they, well, you know, I went to a lot of meetings. I really liked Alcoholics Anonymous. I, I had a really good time there. I met a lot of really good people. And, uh, and that's where I, where I first connected with God. Um, because the God in Alcoholics Anonymous is very vague and very general and there's no rules and no one ever says you know well it was approximately five o'clock on a thursday afternoon that the universe was created and then expect you to believe that kind of stuff there's none of that it's just a god of your own choosing and you turn your life over to him and everything turns out better and i tried that and it really worked and i got my life back on track in no time at all and i got a job and i started dating girls and i started having fun in my life 
Um, and I really enjoyed Alcoholics Anonymous and everybody that I met there. I mean, as soon as you walk into a room, you find this group of people who are deeply, deeply flawed and are trying to get better. And to me, those people are, are perfect. Uh, and there's absolutely nothing wrong with being somebody like that. To, to have admitted to all of your flaws right off the bat. It's, and then to just say, I'm, I'm going to fix them now. I, I thought that was great. Um, and I really felt at home there. Um, and so I, I drank the Kool-Aid, and I did that for a couple of years. And until, uh, you know, my life settled back down and I got onto a good track, um, I did all right for, for a few years. And, um, you know, I ended up doing some landscaping. I thought that was fun. I signed up with the Air Force, uh, got married, raised a few kids. Life went on pretty uneventfully for a long time, moved around a lot. It was actually, it was good times. Uh, then, you know, my, uh, my wife at the time, she, she ended up getting cancer and, and life started getting a little bit less fun. Uh, we ended up moving, as soon as she got, kind of got over some of the cancer issues, we ended up moving out to Turkey. I worked a lot, an awful lot. I worked about 70 hours a week every week. It was, it was kind of crazy. I, I just had no time at home. And so then, right after that, moved here and got a divorce. And... And my life got really, really hard, and I really didn't know where to turn to. Um, I didn't feel very comfortable going back to Alcoholics Anonymous. That was that was for sure. I, um, so I, I felt immediately that I needed a sense of community and that I needed a, a group of people that I could come out and to connect with, people who were, who were similar to me and uh, and most importantly, you know, not have to go in there and admit that, the universe was created at five o'clock on a Thursday. I, I didn't dig that. Um, so I, I googled this place and, and uh, came in. And as soon as I walked through the doors and met Ron Thurston, uh, you know, I, I, I knew I was in the right place, and I've been coming back ever since. And I really appreciate what all of you guys have done for me. Uh, so I just like to say, you know, thanks. <laughs>